Trek Geeks is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles, with over 200 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for Trek Geeks listeners. Fansets. Our pins have character. Hi, this is Nana Visitor, Major Kira Norris from Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little show this side of the Gamma Quadrant, the Trek Geeks Podcast with Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. to you, everybody all around the planet, and on every other planet, too. It's from the galactic headquarters of Podfleet Command. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant and the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Trek Geeks. We are so excited you're here. Uh, we're doing this live, man. We've never done this before. This is exciting. Um, and, of course, when I say we, I do me and my co-host and I. If there was ever a man who was... The last person on Earth you should have in a live broadcast, it is my co-host tonight. It is the uh, <laughs> it is the redoubtable Dan Davidson. And Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan, take yourself off mute and wake up, buddy. Hi. Hi. Can you hear us? <laughs> How you doing, man? It's good to be here. Live. We're live, people. This is awesome. We're excited. We're di- in the words of Bill O'Reilly, we'll do it live. <laughs> it's what a what an idea you had, man, and uh, and I'm glad you came up with it because you know we've all been pent up inside for a long time now, trying to stay away from the badness that is the coronavirus. So, kudos to you, man, for this idea because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I feel like every now and then I come to you with a weird idea, hmm. and you just go with it. Well, and... I really don't have a choice. You're the executive producer. Uh, wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow, that's. I think we have this on tape now, and it's live. Um, <laughs> that is the best part about all this, Dan. The other best part about this is that there are actually people watching us. Um, <laughs> you and I have never done this for an audience, nope. and honestly, this is the first time we've ever recorded Trek Geeks as, as a contiguous uh, time uh, flowing thing. It's absolutely. It's, it's always been in segments and out of order, so we've never done this in order before. This is kind of neat. I can't even say that word. Can whatever it was you said, so I'm not going to try. But yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. I'm loving it. Let's do it. We have we have some folks saying hi online tonight. Hey, everybody. Thank you all for showing up and chiming in. Um, thank you for showing up despite the fact that Dan Davidson is here. Yes. Um, and of course, uh, I had no doubt that Casey Shafsky would be here. He's always here. <laughs> hey, Chris Powers, how are you? Thanks. We're excited, too, if you hadn't noticed. Hey, Christina. And there's the man of the hour right there, oh. Dan. Yeah, We're going to be talking more about fan sets and Lou and all of the amazing things uh, coming up pretty soon. Our good friend Jess Fashon says, hey, sweet bed comforter. Ah, that's pretty sweet, isn't it? I like what's <laughs> sitting on it, too. 
Yeah. You just you finished that. We we put out our photos of our enterprises today for for Trek Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And already people have made comments that they hope I don't drop mine. Well, you know, old habits die hard. Well, I'm not going to drop mine. Oh, I it, see. Okay. Because it's mine. Yeah, and it means something to you. Uh, unlike you, which means absolutely nothing. <laughs> Dan, speaking of meaning absolutely nothing, why don't you run your mouth and tell people who aren't on the broadcast tonight how they can get in touch with us down the road? Absolutely. If you're looking to get in touch with us, you can head right on over to trekgeeks.com contact, and there you will find a multitude of ways to communicate with us. Let's see. There's Skype chat. There's email. There's even a voicemail by way of that big blue button using SpeakPipe. Whatever way you want to contact us, just make it so because we love hearing from you. Plus, as always, there's the most positive Star Trek group on Facebook. It's called Camp Kittimer. It's our official group, and it's where over 1,600 other friends gather to talk Trek. It's always positive with no bashing or gatekeeping ever allowed. To join the group, just head on over to Facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer and be ready to be part of a truly wonderful social experience. And as always, we want to thank our wonderful admins, Haley, Jackie, Sarah, and Dan, for the amazing job they do running the camp. But please remember that any comments or messages that you use in any of these places may be used in a future episode. Bill. Wow, that was fantastic, Dan. Thank you very much. Yeah, I didn't I, screw it up. That's, I, and you did live and didn't screw it that's up. That's like four weeks really, in a row. <laughs> uh, no, let's not oh, get crazy. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Horizon Brave brings up a great point. Dropping an Enterprise isn't the worst part. It's stepping on the bridge. <laughs> yes. Luckily, I did not do that once while building this thing. And my dear friend Betsy says, hey, Bill, do you still have the wedding glasses with the date and start dates? Yes, Betsy, I do. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, this is what happens. This is so awesome. Dan, tonight, we forgot to mention our topic since we're live tonight. Ah. Uh, we are going to talk, talk about a, a Trek Geeks fan favorite. Uh, absolutely, we are. This is, this is going to be our third dive into this type of discussion. And, and as we know, someone always has an episode that they might not like about Star Trek. So what we like to do is talk about characters or stories or episodes anywhere along the Star Trek universe, talk about what we don't like about it, but then say something nice. And we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. It's not just Star Trek that we can say something nice about. It's whatever we want. Am I going to say something nice about Bill? Hell no. But Probably not. It could happen, but it won't happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for telegraphing your uh, your whole card there. I really appreciate that. Uh, it's it's always a, a series that I look forward to. We've had a lot of requests for mm-hmm. saying something nice, so we figured this was a great venue and a great opportunity to do something special and and do an episode like that. So let's do it. Uh, before we get into the meat of tonight, Dan, um, you and I always tend to talk about what we are consuming, and so Dan, oh, I'd like to ask you what you're drinking. Well, as I have here in my favorite martini glass, as everyone can see, I'm sure everyone is cheering about this right now. I decided to go with a a drink that was named by my lovely bride, Sue. It is called Sexual Chocolate, and it is quite delicious. It's vodka, cream, and chili chocolate Kahlua mixed together with some shaved chocolate on top. Cheers, buddy. Oh, that's brilliant. I I, I don't have that tonight myself. I've been having a... uh... A rather simple concoction. I'm using a rocks glass, and I'm having a peanut butter cup, which is a... They make this new peanut butter whiskey, which you would think would sound dreadful. It's It did uh, sound dreadful. And it's not, though. It is so smooth and tasty. And you mix it with a little Godiva chocolate liqueur and a splash of half and half, and you got yourself a peanut butter cup, my man. We are like bartenders on live 
I was going to say television, but it's not television because I'm just an <laughs> idiot. But uh, yeah, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to drink and not tell you anything. How about that? Well, the thing is, we didn't really run this past the official Trek Geeks mixologist, so we oh. could have a bit of a problem. Is there. she on yet? I don't see her, so uh, we might be safe. Uh, she's going to see this at some point. <laughs> Yes. I I don't I, I don't want to you know overstate things, but it's uh, all right. It's okay. That is what's going to happen. Um, in just a second, we're going to be back with the news, and you're going to do something you've never done before, Mon Frere. Um, you're going to do the news theme live right after this. Dan, it's time for the news from treknews.net. Spanning the Alpha Quadrant. <laughs> for all, <laughs> all the news on all the Star Trek CEO. <laughs> it's treknews.net. <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I think I blew my ears out, and I'm pretty sure you blew everybody else's ears out, too. No judgments, Dan. Well, Dan, first up, as the entire planet continues to deal with the coronavirus pandemic, and Star Trek usually reflects the issues of the day, there is one Star Trek legend who does not want to address it in his show. You are correct, and I uh, wholeheartedly agree with him, my friend. Uh, yes, in a recent interview, Sir Patrick Stewart made it very clear that he wants to avoid the corona pandemic during the second season of Picard. He said, quote, I would not encourage that. This is a disturbing and frightening and sad time for many thousands of people. I would feel uncomfortable if it were to make this a theme of the second season of Star Trek Picard. And it's too sensitive, too upsetting, too frightening than some of the other issues that we have dealt with, which are much more of a political nature, end quote. And I got to say that uh, he perfectly stated it, man, so much so that I didn't want to impersonate him. Uh, it's very it's a very troubling issue uh, for so many people. And if this were to be incorporated in the next season, I, for one, think it would hurt the show rather than help discuss a current event. So... Good, good for Sir Patrick. Uh, I, I'm kind of ambivalent about it either way. Um, it doesn't really matter to me because I, I think that they would address the topic well if they decided to do it. That said, I know that after Enterprise attempted to deal with 9-11, a la the Zindi arc, mm. it didn't really feel successful to a lot of people. So I'd hate to have that play into it. Um, but, but that's just me. Um, like I said, I could take it either way. Well, good for you. Oh, well, good for you. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Chris Condon likes to point out now that John Champion is here, that he's still waiting for episode two of Lido Deck. Um, he, of course, didn't direct that comment to us, um, just right. John. Hi, Ray. Who, al who already owns this broadcast, and he's not even in it. <laughs> so, thanks, Champion. Yeah, thanks. nice job. Um, Dan, of course, uh, <laughs> while many of us uh, work from home, or maybe even podcast live, CBS... Uh wants you, well, maybe not you, well, no. wants us to look good doing it. Yeah, uh, Bill, you of all people don't need any help in looking good. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, our friends at CBS have recently posted some lovely images for folks to use as backgrounds for their virtual meetings on platforms such as Zoom. Uh, many online meeting apps allow you to set a background, and now you can have images from Star Trek Picard like, oh, Rafi's cabin near Vasquez Rocks, the transporter from La Serena, 
uh, Picard's office from his chateau and a corridor from the artifact or the Borg cube decorating your meeting. And you also can get some uh, discovery type images such as the USS Discovery Bridge, the transporter room and a corridor. And they're available to download right now. Show off your inner Trek geek to the entire world or at least to your office. Uh, you can view and download those images at any of the official Star Trek CBS All Access pages on Facebook and Twitter. Excellent. I, I paid attention to everything you said, mainly because I have the copy in front of me. But Brooke Horton approves of our drinks. so I, I knew she would because she's a much better person than you are. Uh, well, that goes without saying. I just <laughs> thought I would say that. Um, thank you. Um, I really don't have a segue for that other than, and finally, Dan, (laughs) (laughs) this is the perils of live broadcasting. I just want to throw that out there. This this isn't mission log. Okay. (laughs) Let's just get that off on the table right now. Um, I'm running this broadcast, so that's why it's it's going as poorly as it is. And of course, Dan, finally, speaking of Star Trek Discovery, the third season is right around the corner, and a certain Star Trek actor slash director once again is heavily involved in the show. Yeah, he certainly is. Uh, He's becoming a directing legend in Trek, if not everywhere, and I'm just so happy to see this. Jonathan Frakes, who has directed several episodes of Discovery and Picard, and can be seen reprising his role of Will Riker in the uh, first season of Picard. No spoilers there. Um, You know, it's great. He's once again helping shape the Star Trek universe in a recent interview with Star Trek magazine. He talked about how he just finished directing episode three for season three. And he said that, quote, it feels like my home show now, end quote, and then goes on to say, we're far in the future and Burnham has been separated from the Discovery crew. And then they reunite. When talking with Sonequa Martin-Green, he said, this character is so appealing and interesting and complicated and always has been, but there's a little more joy now. And she responded to him, because Burnham is now no longer driven by fear and guilt. And he thought, wow, she knows what she's talking about. Um, I've said before to everyone uh, who listens to Trek Geeks and Discovering Trek, I was not happy with how season two ended. uh, And that discovery is now 930 years in the future. But reading this and seeing trailers, I'm a lot more excited. I got an open mind and I can't wait for the premiere. I'm excited for it too. I, I tend to agree with Horizon's comment. Uh, I hope they it's a bit more toned down and out over the top. Uh, there doesn't need to be, we have to save the world. Uh, I would love more interpersonal stories too. Um, and I agree with that 100%. I didn't, well, I wasn't a big fan of the finale either. I think that this, although I don't like the level setting 900 some odd years in the future, I think that that could go a long way to helping them find their own ground. Right. Um, but again, I just, I, I was not a, a fan of that particular aspect. A lot of this finale was great, that end moment, just so that they wouldn't have to worry about canon was something that's always stuck uh, in my craw, so to speak. In your craw. craw. Where exactly is that? I have no idea what my craw is, but I know that I had something stuck in it for a while for that season two finale. Um, I really have nothing yeah. to say about that. Well, Dan, at some point, um, there's going to be some fansets copy in front of me, but there isn't yet. <laughs> um, that's largely because it's all the way at the bottom. Um, <laughs> And here it is now. You know, we're, we're here podcasting live for the very first time, which is incredibly exciting. So people will be actually, uh, they can see with their own eyes how much we love presenting our sponsor, Fansets. Uh, we know that Lou and John and the entire Fansets team is watching right now. I mean, right now. 
Hi, Lou. I mean, hi, Lou. <laughs> hi, John. <laughs> and we just want to say thank you for such an incredible line of products, whether it's Star Trek or Harry Potter or Big Bang Theory or that show Firefly that nobody watches. Plus, Fire even more. Yeah, exactly. We know that there is truly a line of pins for your fandom. Yeah, right you are, man. And as always, they are hard at work to bring the newest pins to you, except for right now because they're sitting here watching two geeks do a live show. Um, You can be sure that the pins that they create are of the very highest quality and their customer service really is second to none. We cannot stress that enough. Uh, They have so many things going on right now, man. Uh, And I have a couple of examples right here right now live to show you and the entire Trek Geeks community. And let's face it, the whole world, because the whole world is watching Bill. Don't get nervous. I hold in my hand right now two. Uh, Actually, you know what? I'm not going to do that yet. I'm going to go to something else. I'm going to save that for later. I hold right now in my hand. This is, this is amazing. The finished artwork for the upcoming Voyager 25 collector set, which is scheduled for release at STLV. I'm just going to hold this right up here for everybody to see it. That is what the collector set is going to look like. That is absolutely beautiful. Look at that. Tom Paris is all by himself over there on the Delta Flyer, where he deserves to be. Um, I think that's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. The, the detail, the design of the com badge, it is absolutely amazing, and they really have outdone themselves with this one. And as we can see, Right here, everyone's favorite Borg, or XB, as they like to call them these days, is represented in this set. Absolutely wonderful. They've really captured the essence of Jerry Ryan's Seven of Nine and her pin. Um, but I've got another surprise in relation to lovely Jerry Ryan and Seven of Nine, Bill. Oh, yes, I do. What? Yeah. In addition to the Voyager 25 collector's set, Fansets is also working hard on new pins for the Women of Trek celebration that's been going on for some time. And right now, here, for the first time on Trek Geeks live stream, live stream, um, this is the Women of Trek 7 of 9 art representation that will be available in the coming months. Absolutely gorgeous. I cannot wait to see the glitterized version of this because you know how I feel about the glitterized pins, Bill. They are pretty awesome. That looks awesome. You've got the the Voyager Delta and the Borg logo in this pin with 7 of 9 in her wonderful blue catsuit. Absolutely amazing. And that too is going to be released in the coming months, buddy. I haven't seen that much glitter since you worked at a strip club. Stripping. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Um, no. I, I'm just blown away. I, I have, I have no words because um, those are amazing. And now uh, STLV just has to happen. So, it does. Um, that's really all I've got to say. They never disappoint, Dan. And we, they want everyone listening to really save some money in these strange times we're currently in. So, if you want to receive an amazing twenty percent off your entire order at fansets.com not 15 this week wow. 20 uh, just enter the trek geeks exclusive discount code live that's l-i-v-e in all capital letters at checkout that bonus code is going to be available until wednesday april 15th 2020 at midnight eastern daylight time fansets our pins have character and we thank our friends at fansets for being the presenting sponsor of trek geeks oh dan Bill, we interrupt. We have to interrupt our normally scheduled program. I have some very important news to bring to you from our friends at Fansets. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I just just had to do that. I want everyone 
everyone who's watching right now to look very closely at my screen. As we discussed on Twitter earlier this week, we have not one, but two world premieres to show everyone. And on top of that, we're going to give away a couple of these babies during the show. Okay, so here's the deal. I've got, you've seen this one. This is the Picard Mini uh, Delta that has been available uh, on the Fansets website for a couple of weeks now, maybe a week. It was available for pre-order, and these were the ones that were given away at the premiere in L.A. Uh, and I believe in London uh, uh, in January. It's really small. It's the it size is. of Dan's brain. There, wow, really? There you go. Right Thank there. That's the actual size right there, you jerk face. Um, but, yeah, so I have a Picard Mini Delta. And also, I have a Starfleet Visitor pin that could be seen on Jean-Luc Picard in uh, Star Trek Picard Season 1. Very, very nice. I believe my um, illustrious co-host is wearing one of those right now on his person. So I think that's just fantastic. Look at that. It looks so much better on Picard, but that's okay. Um, Along with that, I have a drum roll, please. I need a drum roll because right now in my hand, world premiere, here we go. This is I got to make sure that the lights are not glaring off of it. This is the make out of the plastic. I should have, but I didn't want to unseal it for the person who's going to win it. Dummy. Anyway, a Mako insignia pin from Star Trek enterprise. First time ever seen. And that's not all. Oh boy. You're going to love this one. This pin is almost as big as Bill's forehead. This is how big this pin is. Look at this thing. The Star Trek 25th star- anniversary for Star Trek Voyager. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to see this as I hone in on it, but the Star Trek Voyager lettering has the actual Starship Voyager designed into the lettering. That is an absolutely gorgeous pin. It's the largest pin that Fansets has ever done for a standalone pin. It's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, Bill, why don't you tell our listeners how, what they have to do to win all four of these pins, buddy? I, I am so unbelievably excited right now, especially looking at that Voyager 25 pin because it has the the schematic lines just like the actual logo from CBS does in the Star Trek Voyager logo. It is It looks like glitter from a distance, but it's not. It is just super detail, which is what we've come to expect from fansets. Oh, I don't know, all along? All along. Since all that first along. day. Since, since the first day Dan ever held a pin in his hand. Uh, but anyway, anyway, I am so excited right now, Dan, not even you could disappoint me like you normally do. So here's what you have to do. We're going to ask all of our viewers tonight to respond in the comments, either on YouTube or on Facebook, and answer the following question. And then we will randomly pick a winner from the list of correct answers and announce it in about, oh, 10 minutes or so. So you're going to see the question right right now on the bottom of the screen. (laughs) So for a chance to win the, that whole set of four pins, answer the following question. What was the name of the commander of the Mako unit assigned to the Enterprise during the Zindi mission? Hmm, that is that question. simple. Go ahead and answer that question in the comments, either on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll pick somebody in about 10 minutes to win that entire set of four. That's amazing. That question is actually tied to this new Mako pin available uh, from Fansets. I'm just sorry, I just had to throw that in there. So yeah, like, so like Bill said, um, send us your comment, uh, send us your answers in the comments. We'll let you know in a little bit who the winner is. And you know what? We're going to do this again. We're going to do it again later. We're going to give another set of these four pins away later on in the show. I'm not kidding. I don't joke around on Trek Geeks live stream, people. I'm just he doesn't, putting that out right now. Largely, he has no sense of humor. I don't have a sense of humor. And when I, I'm serious on the show. When I say Bill's got a big forehead, he's got a big forehead. So stick around because we're going to be giving another way. An, another way? We're going to give it another way. 
See, that's the kind of thing that would, might be edited out, but it's not going to be. No. I'm just throwing that out Live. there. Live. It's not memorized, uh, people. Uh, and super, super huge thanks to Fansets for making this all available. This is all because of Lou and John and everybody at Fansets that we have this opportunity. And, uh, and many thanks to them. We are truly, truly grateful. Well, Dan, here we are. Um, you and I have gathered once again to say nice things, although for once we're not saying it to each other, which really is kind of cool because it just doesn't feel forced. For once, we're, we never say nice things to each other. Uh, well, every now and then we have an insult free Friday. Oh, God, it's been so long since that happened. I don't even remember when it was. Which, which is like <laughs> drinking glass. <laughs> yes. But you know what? Like we talked about before, we've had two of these so far. The first one, I believe, is with Jim Morehouse. We had a fantastic time. And uh, the second one we had with the lovely and talented Michelle Speck from Star Trek Continues and had a blast. We laughed our butts off. And uh, we figured, you know what? For part three, we got to do something special. So it's just us. But we're live. So lose win, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> lose win? <laughs> Lose win. Lose win. Because it's us. Lose. Live win. I lose every time I'm with you. Well, today as we consider Say Something Nice, you and I are each going to pick five different topics. Yes. And they may or may not be Star Trek related. That's kind of the beauty of this version of Say Something Nice. Um, I will tell you up front that all of mine happen to be Star Trek related. Okay. Uh, You don't have to tell me yours if you don't want to. I'm glad you're thinking outside the box. That's that's good. I'm glad you're trying. Um, but I, uh, four of my five actually are Star Trek related. One is not. So once again, I win. Wait, when is this a contest? <laughs> everything with you is a contest. Uh, everything. With you okay. Everybody who's adding comments, tell me I'm wrong. Cause I'm not wrong. <laughs> oh, no, please tell him he's wrong. <laughs> um, I I just I gotta say that that's the case. So let's get started. Um, okay. We decided uh, through a coin flip before the show that I would go first. Mm. Yes, we did. And so I'm going to bring up some episodes that it really pains, and some things that it really pains me to say nice things about. I can't. And the wait. first. <laughs> uh, by the way, Dan, your face is wrong. I, I I, first out. face joke of the your face joke of the night. Thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate that, buddy. Um, I'm going to start off with my first pick, which is an episode I'm not really that fond of. And that is C- TNG season five, episode 20 cost of living for those who may or may not remember. This is the one where Loaxana and Alexander kind of become really great friends. Mm. It's an episode that came up during our themed rewatches episode with Jackie on her onions list. Yes. And honestly, I've been thinking about it ever since. I mean, while this is not a great episode, I think that there's a great lesson to learn here from Loxana about letting your freak flag fly. Uh, and I oh. love this quote. I love this quote from the episode. I really do. Every one of us has a thousand different kinds of little people inside of us. And some of them want to get out and be wild. And some of them want to be sad or happy or inventive or, or even just go dancing. That's why we all have so many different urges at times. And all those different or a little, all those different little people inside of us, we must never be afraid to take them with us wherever we go. And I have to agree with that. I mean, if if fandom is a celebration of what you love, I think that that particular quote sums it up perfectly, quite honestly. You're absolutely right. 
And um, I got to thank Jackie for for bringing this up in our discussion that we had with her uh, recently. Um, I I have never been a huge fan of the show uh, of this episode, I should say. And having that discussion with her makes me look forward to watching it in a different with a different set of eyes. Um, the higher, the fewer, man. That's that's really all I can say about it. Uh, and and mud baths. I mean, what's wrong? What is what is wrong with the mud bath? Absolutely nothing. Uh, yes, Bruce. It is the ep- there we go. It is the episode with Worf in uh, in the mud bath, and uh, he looks so happy right now. He looks like just, I usually look like when we're going to record trick geeks. It just so happens, guy who preps this show was ready, yo. <laughs> I'm just saying, absolutely. Um, I, I had it ready to rock. Um, it's it's like I said, it's not an episode that I love. I honestly don't. But there are elements of it I've really learned to appreciate over the years, and I, I have to thank Jackie. Uh, incredibly for for sort of grounding me and giving me that perspective well actually i was going to say that that's what a lot of people have things not so fond to say about alexander episodes and and let's be honest a lot of the alexander episodes aren't always that great but there's a lot of parts to this episode that are with alexander but aren't about alexander and the quote that you read i think really stands out as to what's nice about this episode and i like that you brought that up Oh, thanks, buddy. Uh, you're welcome. Me? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, me. Okay. Yeah. So, Dan, that leaves <laughs> you with your first pick of Say Something Nice Part 3. Oh, yes. Um, what do you want to talk about? I'm going to talk about uh, what I've heard a lot of people say is their favorite person to hate on Star Trek across the entire Star Trek universe. Everybody loves to hate her because she is so evil and so good at the same time. And that is, of course... Kai Wynn. Oh, just look at her. Just look at her. You just want to, I just want to punch my screen right now. But I'm looking at I you just... and not Kai Wynn. So I guess that's <laughs> probably why. <laughs> now, um, the, the, she's so evil, dude. I mean, from the very first moment we see her when she butts into Keiko's class and criticizes what she's doing and what she's telling the children, all the way up to when she sleeps with Dukat. Um, and then serves the pa race for her own reasons. She is she's just the the epitome of evil in Deep Space Nine. The thing that always was reprehensible to her for, about her to me was how she used her religion for her own political gain. She used it as an excuse and as a stepping stone. And she always was was expressing the importance of the religion uh, with the prophets, but yet she didn't really believe it herself. And I thought she was just a despicable person, but she was absolutely brilliantly played by Academy Award winner, Louise Fletcher. And to have someone of that caliber on the show shows just how awesome uh, this character was. So I'm going to say something nice because I can say something nice about Kai Wynn. She found the light. And she actually tried to help the emissary. True, it was in the last 15 seconds of her life before Dukat <laughs> turned her into flame. But, you know, that's okay. She's, she came around, man. And, and, I, and I appreciate that about her. Yeah, I do. Unfortunately, the light she found was that of the fire in the fire caves. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she, is, she is the type of character that when you saw her on screen – you were so happy to be so angry 
at what was happening in a particular episode. She has one quote when she's talking to um, Ducat when he's disguised as a as a Bajoran, and I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but it's anyone who stands in her way is going to be it's going to be like dead leaves blown away by a stiff wind. And I just that's like wow, she just she is a a hateful woman, and she just did a great job. Louise did a great job. It's a lot like talking to you. I mean, it my is word. I, I would uh, like blow you away like dead leaves. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. This really this really got dark, everybody. Now you <laughs> really sky win. What do you for, expect, man? You really got a sense for maybe for I got what? a pot wraith in me or something. My eyes are gonna uh, turn red. <laughs> oh man, I could only hope. I mean it's um but uh Dan, it's uh, it's been a few minutes since <laughs> since uh since we said we were gonna give away some pins. So pins so why don't we give away that set of four pins from Fanta. Oh, I'm going to try to hold them all up. All right, hold on. Here we go. Oh, okay. this is going to be fantastic. Okay. Look at that. It's like a deck of cards, man, except that giant one. God, that's big. Look at that. I can't even hold them all. I'm going to put them that's, down. That's excited. really fantastic. You're doing such a great <laughs> job. And so the randomizer has, has given me a, a name and a comment that came in with the correct answer. And the winner of the first set of four pins is Chris Powers. Boom, Chris Power, Major Hayes. There we go. Correctly said, Major Hayes. Chris, we're going to get in touch with you after the show. We'll probably send you a DM, but we'll get those out to you no problem. And uh, and thank you so much. So if you didn't win this time, you're eligible to win next time. The only person who isn't actually is me and Dan and Chris. Um, wow. So so there it is. So Chris, congratulations. Anyway. That's really exciting. Wow. I love. Can I just say I love giving free stuff away? Well, I'm the one who's giving it away. They're at my desk. I got to wow. mail them out. But can I say one thing? I, I don't want to no. put anybody on the spot. No. Okay. I just no, want to no. say that we have an actual person who was on Star Trek The Next Generation in our audience at this moment. And I'm very excited about that. Yeah. You, you keep yeah. going with details. Yeah. Because, uh, I, I, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Junior J, she's here. Tia Coco oh. is, is watching right now. Hi. Well, in fact, she, she had to go, unfortunately. We, oh, uh, we missed, I missed now. Lieutenant J. We're sorry. We're, we're sorry, Tracy. But um, uh, next time. Yeah. Uh, that was really kind of cool. It's That's really cool. way better than having she Dan was, Davidson on the She screen. was in a lot of episodes. Uh, yeah. A Both in TNG and DS9. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Chris next. Hackney brings up a great point. Dan is a regular Vanna White. Define. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to buy a vowel. Now that I've already selected an F, I'd like to buy a vowel. Oh, I was just going to say something like that. See, we think alike. We're we're like we got the force going or something. Wrong genre. Sorry. No. So let's get back to say something nice on my second pick of the episode. We'll give away some more pins in a little bit. Um, this character is one that I've actually come to develop a vast appreciation for since I've become a Voyager completist, mm. and that may give you some kind of clue. Um, the character i'm going to say something nice about actually is neelix from star trek voyager um which i i i wish this was what you looked like i'd love to podcast with that all the time but uh i could do the lung look oh that's coming up don't you <laughs> oh, worry okay i'm sorry way to, way to steal my thunder but I'm sorry. Yeah, neelix neelix actually is a great character and i have to say i truly have been wrong about him all these years he not only served a necessary purpose aboard the starship voyager but he was a necessary character in the formation of the series mm -hmm. there were times when neelix reflected our hopes and our fears and he became a necessary confidant to just about everyone on the crew 
Um, that relationship he also had with Tuvok was probably among oh, my favorites awesome. in the series. Yeah. Whereas before I used to say that Neelix annoyed me, I got to say, I was totally wrong. Whether he was part chef or part guide or just part listener, Neelix really was awesome. And I'm here to say that I love the guy. I want to cosplay that outfit that you just showed. That's a pretty you awesome. Co- you cosplay that right there. Right there. That's it. That's my look, baby. Yeah, I could Photoshop my face in there because that's like my favorite moment of Neelix in the whole series when he gets his lungs ripped out of his body. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you're absolutely right. He's he's the he's the ambassador of goodwill for the ship when they're trying to get home. And and there are times where he's annoying. The whole jealousy thing with him in Paris is something that I never really liked. I thought it was kind of kind of childish. And but of course, that that's probably supposed to be like that but he really became an important part of the show and i i agree with you 100 the relationship that he had with tuvok mr vulcan um is one of my favorite relationships in voyager we talked about it before one of my most favorite moments between the two even though it's a holodeck representation or a uh mind meld representation is when he tries to make tuvok smile and he's just putting his lip up like that to get him to smile it's one of the funniest moments of the show and and then of course tuvok kills him um but i guess that's okay because it was fun i want to go back to uh horizon's (laughs) comment real quick Uh, i'm not lying through my teeth i genuinely am not um this is a character that i feel was is necessary um and I, i think that he was written rather well i think that um I think it's taken me time to de- develop that appreciation because remember I was not a Voyager fan um, until recently. You know, for, I spent 23 years not liking the show. Yeah, and it's only until the last really year and a half or so I've really come to develop an appreciation for it. And Rick Mason says he was an acquired taste, definitely not season one Neelix. Oh no, see, I think that's. I disagree with. That. I don't. I agree with that 100. percent I think season one Neelix is actually pretty great because wow. it gives him. It gives him somewhere to go. When he starts to realize that Voyager is going somewhere he hasn't been, he has somewhere to grow to. Huh. He has. He doesn't have that confidence that he has okay. in season one. I think it was essential in season one to help the crew find their footing, but I also think it was essential in developing his arc, quite frankly. I thought one of the things that was interesting about him is that, you know, the, the, the Delta Quadrant is huge, but he seemed to know an awful lot about that region of space, and it took a long time for them to get in areas where he didn't know anything about it. And they kind of made that a big deal when they got to that point. Cause he said, captain, I'm, uh, I don't know what's after there or something along those lines. Um, he seemed to have a vast knowledge of the area, which I always questioned um, for someone who was just in a little, um, you know, supply ship or, or whatever the heck you call it um, cargo ship. He seemed to really have a good idea what was of what was in the quadrant, although he was involved in a war. So maybe that helped. I don't know. Whatever. I'm just making excuses to, you know, stretch things out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does have a bit of jealousy. And I, I, I think that's, I think that's, my problem with the jealousy is more along the lines of Tom Paris shouldn't have been sniffing around Cass. Yeah. Um, honestly, that's the problem I have with that. Um, and uh, I can't necessarily say anything nice about jealousy, but I can say plenty of nice things about Neelix. Um, just because I love him. Speaking of, of Voyager and Neelix, Bill, I did want to say something. Um, we are going to be giving away some more pins later on in the show, but I got to hold this up one more time because I do have to let people know. We forgot to say this earlier. This pin and the Mako pin, they're going to be available on the 15th of this month to purchase from fansets.com. So I just want to throw that out there. You're welcome. You're welcome, people. Nobody asked you. Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I, I mean, nobody really did ask you. Just trying to move the show along. That's all. Yeah, that'd be a first. So why don't you <laughs> go ahead and do that there, Mon Frere? I will do that. And actually, we're going to stay on the same topic of, of Voyager. It is the 25th anniversary. We got a lot of good things to talk about Voyager throughout the whole year. We actually already talked about this in a previous episode, but it was something that I thought was important to bring up on this episode of Say Something Nice, part three. And that is the episode Threshold. Yes, I'm serious. Uh, we've talked about it a lot. Um, this episode has been widely considered to be the worst episode of Voyager, if not all of Star Trek. And that's a lot of episodes. And for that to be sitting up on top of that pile means it's got to be pretty bad. Um, it, it just isn't the case, though. I know that I've become less critical in my old age, right, Sue? if you're listening. Um, and and, and I, I got to say that rewatching this recently, I just don't have the same bad feelings for it that I used to. Yes. The lizard thing is kind of ridiculous. And yes, Tom pulls his tongue out of his own head and yes, Chakotay breaks the prime direct directive in a way almost never seen before by leaving the, Paris way lizard kids you like what I did there. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. The, I'm sorry. Wait, no, Paris way, Paris way. Yes. Or Jane Riz. Riz. Did you Jane create Riz? your own portmanteau? That's, that's the first for you. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Um, but um, the episode is actually decent. If you, if you sit and, and don't have any preconceived notions about it, the science that they talk about now, granted it's fictional science for the reason that Tom changes is actually pretty good. So I got to say, give it another chance, people. I did. And I'm saying lots of nice things about it now. Rick Mason brings up a great point. The scene with Tom and Janeway and why he wanted to go in the test flight was a great character oh, growth scene. Yeah. And honestly, perhaps it was one of the best Paris character growth scenes there are. Agreed. Um, does this make Tom Paris a deadbeat dad, Dan? Chris no, Collins it wasn't his know. fault. He didn't leave him behind. If, if anything, Chakotay should be arrested for abandonment. Um, well, he... Uh, contributing to the delinquency of a minor, perhaps? Uh, that too. Yeah. I mean, altering the whole history of a planet that hasn't been discovered yet or that hasn't been discovered yet. I don't know. Whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure somebody knew the planet was there. <laughs> Uncharted. Uncharted. That's what it goes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they weren't very, they were, that, it, it, that whole lizard thing is just, I think that's what a lot of people get hung up on because that's what I got hung up on. Lizards, they turned into lizards and they had babies and then they got turned back into humans again. That just bothered me. But our dear, our dear friend Marina brings up a great point. Brandon Braga talking about the episode himself um, said he pretty much just worked it into the ground. Um, I think he gives himself too much of a hard time for that episode, honestly, um, because it really is the last five minutes that needs more work. Um, other than that, I mean, it's, it's actually a fairly solid episode. Uh, yeah. And hashtag team lizard babies, team lizard you know babies. it. Um, although and, just always remember Paris and Janeway had hot lizard sex. Just throwing that. Any, okay. And on that note, I will say Rick Mason said something that I have to agree with. Um, he actually listened to our episode and it made him rethink it. The last five minutes ruined it for me. I can't disagree with that. If there's anything that people probably get caught up in, in disliking this episode, it could just be those last five minutes. The last five minutes, every time you're talking is the worst ever. No, because that's where the Farkisms are, baby. Uh, tell me, <laughs> tell me, don't I know? Well, Dan, we're going to move on to my third pick. Woohoo! Um, and this is a pick that's going to surprise some people. 
Yesterday's because to me, no, to me, <laughs> this is, I did yesterday's enterprise once, didn't I? Did you? I don't know. I know. I you think I did it. in the first one. Okay. Um, this is the episode to me that is the worst episode of Star Trek, the original series. And that is season three, episode <laughs> four and the children shall lead. Oh, oh yes, that's right. Bonk, bonk. <laughs> Which I know isn't that episode, but I say it every time. Doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter. You know, let's be honest. This is not in any way a great episode. In fact, it's probably the worst run in TOS's entire catalog. But in my opinion, there's an important message here regarding how impressionable children are, um, especially those who are using, uh, especially by those who are using their influence as an adult to coerce them. It is a dark, dark, dark message in this episode. Yeah. But even when I saw it as a kid, it spoke very clearly to me and it reinforced the, the messages my parents were trying to teach me at the time about not talking to strangers and uh, not trusting adults you don't know mm-hmm. and always checking with mom and dad. Um, it, when I watch that episode now with, with you know fresh eyes, even though my eyes are old now, um, it, that really kind of comes back to me and I'm kind of surprised. So even in this dog of an episode, I think that there's a solid takeaway and I, I have to appreciate that about in the children she lead, Dan. You can kind of look at the... Uh... Um, but the Gorgon, is that what he's called in this? Uh, Gorgon, yeah. what are Gorgon's the lawyer in the shower curtain? Like yeah. That. The lawyer in the shower curtain. It's kind of like Pennywise from the it movies. You know, don't go, don't go into caves where there might be these creatures. Um, the, I guess I, I really do appreciate what you say as to what you say something nice about this episode. I've never really looked at it like that before. I don't know if it can save the episode, but what I say something nice about this one is that this is the first time that we actually saw the UFP flag in TOS and it's glorious and I like it. And that's really the only thing that I can say something nice about. <laughs> well, that's just because you're dumb and a jerk. Um, Tiger Trucker asks, asks a great question. When we get asked a lot on Trek, oh. worse, worse than Spock's brain. Way. Absolutely. Spock's brain is not the worst episode of the original series. I love perhaps, Spock's brain. I do too. It is perhaps among the campiest, mm-hmm. but there's actually a really solid sci-fi story there. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there is necessarily within the children shall lead. Plus anytime you mix children and star Trek. Oh. Oh. Um, I, I, the one thing I'd say I, I, it's, I, it's in the sixties. So of course we know those outfits that those kids have on. Oh, that, Oh, who designed the wardrobe on that episode? Cause that was just, whew, that was just harsh. Harsh. And as a uh um the girl was in Brady Bunch, I think, at one point as a as a guest. And of course, uh, the older uh kid with the red hair played Kirk's nephew in a in a different episode. So they brought some people uh of of television fame back into the fold for that for that horrendous episode. The kid with the red hair also created the musical instrument that made all the space futuristic sounds in Star Trek, the motion picture, by the way. That's right. Yes. Yep. I remember we, when we heard about that, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. This kid right there. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was, what was he? Was he Peter in the, in the episode with the uh, flying pancakes? <laughs> See, I call it flying pieces of phony puke. <laughs> well, I was trying to, it's a children's show, Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> their core animals don't match. No, Chris. <laughs> They surely don't. (laughs) They surely don't. Uh, Worse than the alternative factor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Worse than the alternative factor. Worse than um, Turner Intruder. 
worse than Mary, yeah. by far, and the children shall lead is worse than all of those. I'm just throwing that out there. I agree. Um, your mileage may vary, but um, I, I struggle to get through this episode every time, even though I can find something nice to say about it. I can't even do remember like- the last time I saw that episode, dude. I've skipped it many times. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. Huh. So, Dan, that leaves us up to your third yeah. pick. Hold on. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Are you <sighs> taking a drink break? Am I? Am I, <laughs> I got to get ready for this one because this is a bad one. Am I interrupting uh, anything? No, no, no. No, okay. So, you talked about a bad episode of the original series. And I, I feel did. it's only time for me to do the same. So, I'm choosing... The way to Eden. Wait, wait. Stepping out to Eden. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. I got. I gotta say. I gotta be honest. I know that some people probably like this episode. I have hated this episode since I was a little kid. Um, I didn't like. Well, cr- perfect picture. Perfect segue. I hate Severin's ears. I I just couldn't stand them. They freaked me out as a kid. They freaked me out as a 50-year-old man. Um, it scared me when he burned his feet on that yeah. fake grass. It scared me when he ate the apple and died because that would scare a person. Um, the hippie aspect of this episode, just, I mean, look at the dude in the back with the eyebrows and the hair. Don't go rad. Yeah. Oh, my good Lord. I mean, it's just the, that hippie aspect made an episode that was to be scorned. Um but it's time for me to say something nice. And that right there, as you're looking at your screen, is what I'm saying nice. Charles Napier, man, I love this actor. He's always been awesome. He's, I've always loved him. I always will. It was a joy to see him in uh, this role. Uh, it was a joy to see him in Austin Powers, if you remember that, as the general. London, he, England. Yes, England. When he came full circle... And played the general in Deep Space Nine's Little Green Men. I was overjoyed. And it's one of those things that it took me a while to realize who he was. And when I figured out that he was the guy who played uh, the hippie in The Way to Eden, I was overjoyed. That guy is awesome. And I'm really, it's really sad that we've lost him because Charles Napier was great. Great character actor. Dan Garcia throwing us some shade. He, the host of uh, Trek Geeks Game Night and, and the producer of Picard Live. I think he's talking about our faces and not the space hippies. I was talking, I think he was talking about the general and Quark, honestly, because he does represent, uh, resemble Quark quite a bit, Mr. Garcia. I think he's talking about us. Okay. Uh, Jess Vashlin says, the purple brows you're good with, though? No, um, not at all. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I, nope. I don't have a problem. Um uh, those are freaky ears. Oh. Uh, the ears are god awful. Lots of lots of comment about ears. Um, uh, I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen these guys at LAX. Um, I don't uh, doubt it. Yeah. Um, Jackie is clearly working her way out of an admin role in Camp Kittimer by suggesting <laughs> you and I need to cosplay um, space hippies. We can we can talk about. It. I also forgot as uh, as uh, somebody just pointed out. I lost it. Um, uh, Mark pointed out that he was in Rambo 2 and was awesome in Rambo 2 when uh, yeah. when Sylvester Stallone had that knife right at his face and slammed it in the table right next to him. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for that for uh, remembering that one, Mark. That was a great, uh, great part that he played as well. I have to say, Brian Yates brings up a great point. We got to see Spock's guitar wheel. I love the jam session. <laughs> and he's just strumming. <laughs> that yeah. jam session is is <laughs> totally awesome. It's not what you expect from Star Trek. No. Um, it's not what you expect from Spock. No. He's just sort of sitting there going, 
there wasn't much in that episode that you would expect in Star Trek, and it all happened in that one episode. <laughs> yeah, the set with the tree and the grass is just ugh. I mean, I've seen bad sets in my day. Not that I've been on them, but I've seen. Them. I was gonna say where, <laughs> and uh, that was just. I mean, that was just a fake set, just every which way but loose. It was just awful. Your face is a fake set. <laughs> that makes no sense at all. No. Okay. No. no. Uh, Dan, I have uh, I have a special transmission coming in. Oh from boy! The Podfleet Command listening station. Uh, just one moment. We're going to go to it live. That's right, Dan. It is time for the second of our two fan sets pin giveaways. We're giving away another complete set of the pins that we displayed earlier. There's the Star Trek Voyager 25th anniversary pin. There's the mini Picard Delta pin, which is almost kind of like lapel pin size. It is not the full cosplay. Very small. Well, not very, very small. small. Yeah. Well, it's it's smaller it's than small. your average combat. Um, smaller than your there, average bear. Look at that. Boo-boo. There's there's the Mako pin, which is brand new. The second of two pins, never before seen, or never seen before tonight, anyway. And then the uh, the last pin is the Picard visitor pin, like the one I am wearing here. You know what I love about that pin is that it looks like brushed nickel. It does. The finish on that is so beautiful. Lou, did you like melt down nickels to make these pins? Uh, shut up. Okay. Just shut, shut your mouth. And yes, Chris Trebuzio says, "Pintastic," and it is totally pintastic. I just want to say. Uh, so <laughs> that means there's another trivia question for folks to answer. So we're going to ask you the question, and in about ten minutes or so, we're going to pick another winner at random from all the correct respondents. So uh, that said, the trivia question for this time, throw it up, it is. What was the name of Captain Janeway's dog? Mm. Dan and I, both big dog lovers. Yeah. Um, anytime there's a dog in Star Trek, we're pretty happy, even when it's uh, Spock's dog from the original series. Now, the one dressed will, like a unicorn. Exactly. I will say this is the dog that we saw in the first episode when she was talking to Mark. It is not the dog that Q zapped into her arms, the baby beagle. It's the Correct. it's her dog that she had with her fiance. Yes. Right. Yes. There you go. So. Go ahead and answer that question in the comments on either YouTube or Facebook, and we're going to pick a correct answer randomly to win that set of four pins, and um, I I love those pins. I've been wearing this Visitor Delta all day. It's like I'm pretending I'm a visitor in my own house, going into the kitchen, going, yep, I got my badge on. It's interesting you say that because you just got that recently, just a couple days. Yep. Yep. I have had – whoops, wrong one. I have had this pin since the premiere – that we went to see Picard in January. I'm not joking. I have worn this pin every single day since I got it. Every day. That's a have lot of you, days. Have you taken it off? Well, I have to put it on a different shirt, dummy. I haven't worn the same shirt for 90 days, as far as you know. As far as <laughs> I haven't seen you in almost 30 days. So, um, I only pull I, out this shirt for, for special occasions, baby. Like yeah. the fansets party, like yeah. the card premiere, yeah, like uh, all the stuff, uh, all the the stuff we high rollers do. <laughs> high rollers, all yeah, no, we're not. on that. Yeah, we're not high rollers, <laughs> right? Yeah, we're the penny slots, please. Exactly, please, absolutely. Um, so, Dan, back to say something nice as we. Oh, right, right. Yeah, because we're actually doing more than giving away fansets product here, <laughs> as much as we love it. Um, I got a whole shipment of pins the other day. It was so awesome, including some brand new uh, 
episode pins from Discovery Season 2. Just throwing oh, that out there. Cool, uh, cool, so cool. my fourth selection in Say Something Nice. Um, fourth? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is the thumb in to denote four? Is that what that is? Yeah. Right. Um, this is a movie I detest. Uh-oh. This is a movie oh, I know I what think it is. is. <laughs> this is a movie I think is the worst of all of the Star Trek films. And people can can at me or whatever, but uh, I'm I've been fairly resolute about this since we talked about the worst of the worst, and uh, my mind's not being changed. But that is Star Trek Generations. <laughs> I have been on the record many many times saying that this is the worst of all movies because it fails at its primary mission, and that is bridging the two oh. casts, original series and next gen. Um, However, if you're a Data fan, and I am, Brent Spiner really shines in this movie. Data has such a range of things that he experiences in this movie as far as emotions, and Brent Spiner plays it perfectly. Whether he's doing the Mr. Tricorder joke, or whether he's getting upset with Picard and stellar cartography, or whether he's singing Life Forms, you tiny little life forms... um, there is a range of data here that we have never seen before or since. Yep. And this really is the only good part about the movie to me, Dan. I have to agree and have to kind of disagree, but not a lot. I love what Brent did with the movie, uh, with his character in this movie. But I think what he was given was extremely difficult to work with. Uh, there were some scenes that I just really thought – I know what they were trying to do in the movie with the emotion chip. I just thought it was over the top. But Brent was able to do it in a way that is was respectable to me. I like Generations more than you do. I don't love it. I like it. I think you're absolutely right. I think that the um, bridging between the two crews was not done well at all. And I think that the, the death of, of Kirk was just kind of – as you like to say on see it or skip it and have a new coffee mug to show meh. Meh. Um, And, and so it it has a lot of things, but I do agree that Brent, Brent was a shining uh, moment in this movie. I think he did a great job um, as he always does with everything else he does. And the other thing that I'd say something nice about of this movie is Tolly and Soren. And that's probably not going to be something that a lot of people agree with, but I think what was it? Was it not Roddy? It wasn't Roddy. Malcolm. Was Malcolm, Malcolm McDowell. I like him. I like what he brought to it. I he's not the strongest of villains, but I kind of like his portrayal of this guy who's suffering. So that was that would be something I would say. I know a lot of people are going to say no, he just wasn't a good villain, but there were aspects of him that I that I appreciated. Um. I can respect that, even if I don't necessarily agree. And I think that's part of the thing that makes fandom so great is that we don't always have to agree. Right. And invariably, there are the reactions like these ones. Yes, Cedric, worse than Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Um, there is at least a halfway decent story there. And Generations fails at its primary mission. It does not effectively tie the generations yeah, it doesn't together at all. well. Uh, hello, Mr. Tricorder. Uh, uh, one of the most painful <laughs> moments of the movie. Um, I love when people try to guess which movie I'm going Oh, you muted out, Bill. 
you, you dropped off. So until we get you back, I'll just, I'll just talk for you. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things. Uh, there's a lot of things in this that, that are kind of, kind of screechy, I would say is a good way. I will say horizon. You, you mentioned my festive shirt and I really appreciate that. There's no top button on this buddy. So I can't really, uh, say that it's unbuttoned for a reason. Um, so while Bill gets his, uh, his, his mic back, uh, we'll just, we'll just talk about generations a little bit more. Um, there's there's good things. I will say uh, the whole Nexus thing, the Christmas scene is not something that I have enjoyed at all uh, during uh, generations. I just didn't think it was it was it was good. It wasn't it wasn't anything that was really remotely something that had a strong part in the movie. I think that the part in the cabin with Kirk and Picard and I can't even remember her name because she's just somebody we never heard of before. Uh, Antonia, uh, all of a sudden being this person in Kirk's life who we never talked, never saw or heard about before. And all of a sudden she's this important part of his life and she's going to, he's going to retire from Starfleet and, and have a, a big dog named Butler to, to chop wood with. Uh, I guess that's the best way that you could put it, but you know, I like generations more than I like bill. Um, so I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. He didn't pay his, yeah, he did not pay his audio bill. So, uh, so he's in trouble there. So, so let's just give a quick recap while we're waiting for Bill to get back online of what we have talked about so far. I've talked about Kai Wynn. I've talked about Threshold and I've talked about the way to Eden. Bill has talked about generations and he's talked about, um, uh, and the children shall lead. And he's talked about Neelix. Um, Lots of things to say nice, lots of things to not say nice when it comes to all of these things. But that's why we're here, people. We're here to show you that a live show can have audio difficulty and video difficulty, yet we're still going to be here and, uh, and, you know, help you out. Get through your night. Get through the coronavirus pandemic uh, because it's uh, it's kind of sucking right now. But we're here to to kind of brighten your evening a little bit, I guess. Uh, I will say I, I don't have the ability to bring uh, – uh, messages that people are putting in the comments on screen. That is something that boss bill does, but I will say that uh, Justin just said that the stellar cartography set was amazing and it actually was very amazing. I loved that scene. And uh, for those of you that have a close eye on stuff as they're showing different things in stellar cartography, if I'm thinking the right movie, because I could be thinking about a different movie because thing just jumbles around in here all the time. Um, one of the ships in the scene uh, in stellar cartography in one of these movies was the USS Archer, uh, which I always thought was a cool tie into enterprise. So uh, no, I don't have video difficulty, Chris Condon. It's uh, it's just the way I look. Uh, I'm really sorry about that. Um, so while we're waiting for Bill to come back, I will uh, remind everybody, if you want to look over my head right about there, uh, coming up in October will be our Star Trek uh, Trek Geeks live, not live stream, but the uh, Trek Geeks live show in Concord at the Bank of New Hampshire stage. Uh, we had to move it out, of course, because of the uh, corona uh, pandemic, but we're very happy that we're going to be able to bring it to you in October. And thank you, Marina. That was actually a nemesis that the USS Archer was, uh, was shown. And, uh, I'm glad that we were able to, um, get that straightened out because I may be good at, uh, stump the geek and geek the stump and all those other shows. But when I put right on the spot, I always screw things up. So, uh, for those of you that are still waiting for Bill to come back, thanks for hanging in there. We'll uh, hopefully have him back on here in just a few minutes. Uh, for those that have to drop off because it's getting light, it's getting late, mate. Uh, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you being here, Deb. Uh, thanks for stopping in. Uh, and I will let, uh, Deb, we will let you know if you win the pins, but, um, 
who knows? Um, you know, somebody's going to win. I saw a lot of people giving the names of uh, of the dog, and a lot of people were getting it right. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see who wins. I think at one point we had like 30 people that had gotten correctly. So um, we're not going to give away the name yet. We're not going to give away the prize yet. I just got a message from our illustrious executive producer, and he's actually rebooting his machine right now. So uh, you guys get to deal with me for a little while. So yay. Anyway, um, so I'm going to show them one more time. We got the Mako pin. Look at that. Makos. Yep. I like the Makos. I did not like this indie arc, but I like the Makos. We got this Voyager pin. This thing is huge. Uh, as uh, Lou pointed out, oh, my focus just came in really good. So you can see the detail there really well. Star Trek Voyager actually has the ship design of Voyager etched into it. And that is just incredible detail. And that's one of the reasons why this pin is so large. So um, great job by the guys at Fansets for bringing that uh, detail to this pin. Also, um, I want to say that, oh, my God, you decided to show up again. People are probably so sick of my voice and face right now that I cannot even tell you. I'm really sick of your voice and face. <laughs> um, Everything okay now, buddy? For some reason, my audio stopped working, Thank and in order Lord. to get it to work again, I had to pretty much kill my virtual mixer and come back in without it. So, well, I got to answer um, a question before you interrupt again because yeah. we were having a great conversation with all my fans out there, Jackie. I got to say that right now, this is my favorite fan sets pen. I really have to say it. I love this pen. Um, I think Picard was one of the best first seasons we have ever seen, and I'm proud to wear this Delta every day. Um, because it represents the show that I love so much. So, uh, Bismo, not a not a memory leak at all. Um, the sound driver just stopped. <laughs> so, um, I guess that happens when you use a virtual mixer. Um, uh, uh, the software sometimes is great, and other times, not so much. Not so much. So now that I'm back, hi. Um, and I'm sure you had a great conversation. I was rambling. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Helen brings up a great point. Dan needs to learn how to vamp. I'm not um, going to vamp. No, I, th- uh, I read that real quick and I thought it said vape, and I'm not going to do that either. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rick, we've actually never done live before, and after tonight, we don't know if we'll ever do it again. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Absolutely. So, where did we leave off when I so unceremoniously? Um, we were just about to get into my fourth pick. We were we just got done oh. talking about generations, or we're talking about it, and then I talked about it for a lot longer when you decided to go. I don't know, get some takeout or something. I'm not sure what happened, um, but uh, yeah, we talked about stellar cartography. That was a great thing, and uh, say something nice about in generations. Stellar cartography was beautiful, um, and then I misrepresented one of the movies by saying stellar cartography showed the USS Archer when that was actually in Nemesis. And that was Nemesis. Marina, yeah, a friend Marina corrected me on that. So cheers to her. Kudos um, to her. Wow, way to suck at your own Trek geekiness. Oh, oh, I talked about the whole, you know, stump the geek and geek the stump that, you know, I I run circles around your ass. But um, when I'm put on the spot like that, I failed miserably. Sorry. Um, Somebody says 10 words or less, your thoughts on Picard. We're actually doing an episode on Picard next week, not to spoil it. So you'll get more than 10 words next week, Horizon. Wow. Um, So, yeah. So anyway, let's move on to episode... Four, and you can um, tell us what that is. Yes, this is a this is a next generation episode. You had next generation for one of yours, cost of living, which I forgot to reference earlier when I was talking about our lists. And this one's just it's just bad. It's justice. That's right, season one, episode eight. It is it is bad, 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 bad. Um, the story's bad. Uh, it's uh, the the acting is bad. 
the wardrobe as you're showing right now is just bad. I mean, I, 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 if somebody asks us to cosplay that, I might have to drive to wherever you are and punch you in the throat. Um, I just, it's just, they are those out they're just, wow. And I got to say the whole premise of putting someone to death for accidentally damaging some flowers and what's primarily a do not walk on the grass area is just a little hard to swallow, but you know, as you can see there, Will Wheaton does a great job as Wesley trying to, you know, have some form of dignity. He should have first caught the ball, but uh, I guess whatever. But I got to say, to say something nice, Bill, if it was not for this episode, we would never have gotten our good friend and fellow podcaster, John Champion, on our show, where his words will forever be immortalized. I'm with Starfleet. We don't lie. John Champion did that for us on our show, and we had him as a guest. And it is, I think it's your ringtone for him, isn't it? Uh, he actually did it on Mission Log, and uh, he didn't do it on our show, and I do have it as a ringtone. We must have played it on our show then, because that's where I remember it from. Yeah. Okay, that's what it is. But yeah, that was a, that was a wonderful thing. Yeah. Uh, Marina wants to know if you think it's worse than Code of Honor. Yes, I think John Champion is much worse than Code of Honor. <laughs> wow. Ouch. Um no, I don't think it's worse than Code of Honor. Um, we talked about Con- Code of Honor in one of the other Say Something Nices. Say Something Nices? Nice. Anyway. Um, and I don't. The Code of Honor, as Jonathan Frake says, is a steaming pile of dog bleep. So take that as you will, my friends. I want to go back to this photo of Wesley. Um, because I... I... <laughs> That, that flower really is just... Isn't that one of the orchids from Picard? <laughs> <laughs> Coming out of his pants? It's, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's guiding him in for a landing. Um, <laughs> All um, right, that one broke, took me right over the edge. <laughs> it's amazing it took that to take you yeah. right over the edge. Um, and the the champion is still paying attention. Yes, he is, thankfully. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's too bad that the sound's not working because that just would have been great. And the whole world could have heard it again. It's uh, it's really a shame. Um, it's and that's really all I set up the virtual mixer for was just so I could play that drop. Um, oh well, uh, Rick okay. Mason, that's not correct. Shades no. of Grey is not the worst nope. episode of TNG. It's a clip show, but there are actually completely written episodes of TNG that are allegedly full stories that are far far worse. And Code of Honor and Justice and Aquiel are among them. Yeah, uh, we actually had that discussion on uh, Camp Kittimer today. Someone posted, "What's uh, what are episodes that are are given bad raps that aren't all that bad?" And I said, along with uh, um, Spock's brain, Shades of Grey. Absolutely. I uh, I actually like Shades of Grey a great deal. Um, hmm. I it yeah, it's a clip show, but that's really its worst offense. Um, there are. Uh, I would I would I rather watch Shades of Grey or Code of Honor? That's an easy decision. Hundred times out of hundred, it's going to be Shades of Grey. Yeah. So, um, so I guess that leaves us with my. Oh wait, we got to pick a winner. Pick a winner, man! Come on now. Because you couldn't do it on your own. So I I, I would never have taken away that thrill of yours to choose the winner. Uh, we would you, have waited all night. You're supposed to pick the second winner. 
Oh, am I? All right. Yeah, you are. Go through my list. So you can scroll back and uh, and find that. Look at them all. There's like so many right answers. It's just I know. scary. Use the the special randomizer and and pick one out. So um, one of the great things about Dan blathering on about fansets the entire time I was gone is that um, he got to talk about fansets the entire time I was gone. So. Horizon brings up yet another great point. All the worst are subjective. Um, you know, the champion rule is always one that's in full effect, but I mean, it's hard to deny how horrible an episode is. Um, even Sub Rosa, which I know that some people like, um, um, it, it's still not great. Uh, did I light the candle? Oh my God. Um, do that again. Uh, no, Mike Flynn wants me to do more mime. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's I am happy idea. to do that. I like so, that idea. Um, yeah, Rick Mason, the episode where Crusher is sex with the ghost, that was bad. Yeah, see, that Subrosa. Was, that was very bad. Not, not great. So, have you found... I have. I have okay. found one, and I randomly picked one, and I am... Uh, the the randomizer came up with Brad DeMag... Oh, God, I can't pronounce your last name, man. I don't know. <laughs> DeMagda. I, I'm sorry. You know I, you know me. I can't I can't say my own name freaking right. So, um, But Brad is our winner. Brad won it. Brad won the four. He won all four. Look at these. I got four of them here. I can't even, I don't even know what to do with them. I'm, I might keep them for myself because I just like them so much. But. Well, no, you're going to put them in an envelope and send them to Brad. We are um, going to send them to Brad. Yes. Because Brad successfully won all four pins. And the answer to the trivia question, Bill? Uh, Molly. There you go. And she was? Uh, dude, I don't, I don't know. Okay. She was an Irish setter. Okay. Please. She was a dog. But See, yeah, originally. You said that. Originally, you wanted to include the breed. I'm like, dude, dude, most people don't know breeds. This isn't stump the geek. I'm not a breed person. So. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's pretty awesome. So uh, congrats to Brad. Yeah. And who won the other one? I don't even remember. <laughs> let's, we'll move on. How's yes, that? Yes, we will. Okay. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to my fifth and final pick of Say Something Nice. And that is um, Enterprise. Season two, episode 20, ah. Horizon. Mm-hmm. This is an episode that most people can't stand um, because they feel like nothing happens. And they're not wrong. It's not a fantastic episode, but it really does give Anthony Montgomery a chance to grow and shine as Travis Mayweather. I really like the conflict here between Travis and his brother, Paul. There's a lot of resentment that has to be worked through. And I truly like the opportunity that they have to come together and rise above all this in the greatest of Star Trek traditions. Um, it's it's a you know, it's a diversion episode. There's really not a lot that occurs as far as in you know in, in the weight of of the crew of the Starship Enterprise. But I think this episode means a lot for Travis, and it's one of the few where he really gets a chance to step out. That's the thing I was going to say is is unfortunately Anthony didn't have a whole lot that he did in a lot of Enter- Enterprise episodes. This is an episode that he really the whole episode was really written around him, and I think that that's something that I appreciate. I really um, I've talked about it before. I had the opportunity to talk to Anthony at uh, Trek Boss when we uh, went to the convention a few years ago when he was on stage, and when I was done talking, he came over and shook my hand in front of everybody, and it was something that I'll never forget. So to be able to have that moment. And and this episode that really talks about him and his family, it's. It, I, I will be honest. There's not a lot about this episode that I remember right now. We always talk about it on on see it or skip it. There's always one episode in a season of whatever series we're talking about that I don't remember. 
The only <laughs> thing I really remember about this episode, if and I could be wrong about this, was wasn't they were in zero G in one scene and just kind of floating around talking? Or am I thinking a different episode completely? Uh, no, it happens briefly in this episode, okay. but um, it that's also happens earlier on in Broken Bow, I believe it is. Yeah, see, that's what I remember. So, wow. Yeah. So yeah, wow. But you know, but what you say always eloquent and full of uh, of uh, guff. <laughs> guff. <laughs> Do you have any idea what you're talking about? No, I don't. I'm just trying to trying to fit in. Uh, Jason Marks <laughs> brings up that these are the voyages is worse than this by far. Um, I I don't dislike either episode honestly. I don't think this these are the voyages is terrible. It's not a great finale, but as an episode of Star Trek, it's actually not too bad. Um, Flinny says, I, I like the view of civilian yes. freight haulers in this universe. True. I like that too, because yeah. you don't see shiny ships that, you know, are, are polished within an inch of their lives in the grandest of Starfleet traditions. You see actual working people in space, right. which is really one of the things I like about this. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Mark brings up a great point. Cool bit That's of trivia. Cool. The book Chicago mobs of the 20th century is in the, in the, uh, on the bookshelf in Mayweather's quarters yep. on the horizon. Basically, uh, that's yeah. true. Uh, and Chris Mumphrey actually finally showed up for an episode of Trek Geeks. Easy for you to say, Dan. Wow, really? Thanks yeah. for finally well, listening, Chris. Yeah, geez, all the way. When was when did we do the Borg and Star Wars? That was the last time he listened to an episode, and that's because he was on it. <laughs> that was a uh, season <laughs> or episode year one. Yeah, like episode six. <laughs> no, it was, it was deeper than that. It was uh, after STLV. So it felt like it was just yesterday because I still can't get that nightmare out of my head. Anyway, moving on. Your face <laughs> is a nightmare. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I do like the, the, the portrayal of what civilians uh, deal with in that episode. That is something that I do remember. Yeah. I like the resourcefulness. I feel like that could have been its own Star Trek spinoff series in a sense. Sure. If uh, if this were 20 years ago, sort of showing that aspect of, of space life, if you will. Um, I, I thought there was a lot there to, to mine for great content. So what do I know, though? I'm just well uh, the executive producer of a low-end podcast. Well, you're getting there, buddy. Look at this. We're live right now, and, and we have like four or five people listening to us. So that's pretty good. Dozens. <laughs> <laughs> we're still putting out more content than other studios so i guess that's a good thing that's really true and uh <laughs> anyway so dan we're at your last pick for yeah. something nice tonight wow. and uh and you had a special one that you wanted to bring up i did and this is the last uh say something nice of the evening actually and um this is not star trek related and this is a uh, i wanted to take a moment to be actually pretty serious for a minute which is something i'm not apt to do very often on the show and I'm picking the coronavirus pandemic. Um, people are going to be like, no, that's not the coronavirus pandemic. Bill. I'm sorry, what? As much as you might want it to be. What? I, well, <laughs> you told me to get a picture of uh, a virus, uh, of something that looked really disgusting, yeah, and something uh, that made people hide away indoors for yes, that, weeks and potentially months at I a time. Don't, I don't even want to go outside, and I have to look at that in the mirror every day. And I've been... I, I even named this file coronavirus 001. So I'm sorry. This actually is the coronavirus patient zero. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, choosing the coronavirus may sound odd. There's nothing nice about this virus. That's, that's killing people. Uh, and a lot of people, um, as a nation and as a planet, we are pretty much all in lockdown and in quarantine. And we have been for weeks and we probably will be for weeks to come. Um, but as a result of that, we've got something like this. 
Uh, Bill, you came up with this idea for the live for the live stream so that our Trek family can be together, if only virtually, for a short amount of time, and leave all that stress and worry behind, even if just for an hour and twenty minutes. Um, I've always said that Trek is something of an escape for me. It always was when I was a kid. So why not allow our night tonight to be that escape for our friends and listeners? It's nice to be spending time together, even if the reason that we're doing it sucks. So I'm choosing the, the pandemic and thanking everybody for, for being here and listening to us uh, talk live. What the hell? live you know you're right you know everybody is going through something right now Mm -hmm. and not everybody's enduring the same thing you know some people have have lost jobs some people have have become ill you know some people have had family members and loved ones um you know uh, possibly become symptomatic or come down with this virus or maybe even have the stress and worry about whether they may have it or not and it's hard it's it's really hard so um, these are strange days and we wanted to, to just find a way to just forget about it all for a while and, and maybe laugh a little bit and talk about social life. And, and that's, um, that's kind of why I suggested we do a live show. And, and I thought, I actually, I thought you were going to say, what are you crazy? We don't do live shows, uh, but you jumped right on the opportunity and said this was the best idea ever. I have learned that when you come up with these cockamamie ideas and when you come up with the good ideas like this one, I just say, okay, because I really don't want to listen to you complain. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I, I thought this was a fantastic idea. We've done a couple of, of, of Zoom meeting, meetings for our Patreons live, just as something like this. And you said, why not do it for everybody? Let's do something like this. And I think it's a fantastic idea. And I think it's something that we can look at doing uh, again later because it is fun. Uh, it's a good time. We get to see a lot of people making comments and we, and we get to have, uh, um, fun doing it. And, and, and I'm glad you came up with the idea, man. Um, if I could though, do you have that special announcement alert thing available to, uh, to play at any given moment that I could just throw it out there and you could play it? I'm just curious. Not that I might want you to do that or anything. I don't. That Bill, one, I, that one, Bill. I've got some special announcements from fan sets. Right I honestly don't know what's happening right you now. You have no idea what this is. This just literally came in, Bill. I'm going live. I have an announcement from Lou from fan sets that I think everybody is going to be very, very happy about. And that is the 25th anniversary set. When it comes out, will be retailing at only $179. For that unbelievable looking collector's set, I'm not joking. I'm ser- I'm dead serious right now. Oh, see, I thought we were doing a giveaway. So, because the the graphics says fan sets giveaway. I just wanted to hear the noise. All right, so all everybody right. out there, uh, Dan got you all spun up for nothing. I did. Uh, it's his fault. Direct all hate mail to Dan through well, the website. How can you be mad at this? Look at that. You know, I'm really happy that includes Kess, Honestly. Right. Like Did that. we lose you? Are you there? <laughs> yes. All right, say something. You're killing me. Yes, I mean, look at that. I mean, all, all the characters are very well represented. Um, I don't see Naomi Wildman in there, though. She yeah. wasn't a series regular. No, that's true. Okay, I guess that's all right then. But yeah, $179. Neither, was, each, was... neither was each. Neither Who? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Who? Yes. Uh, um, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, 
Wow. Um, Dan, I have to thank you for, for that uh, news. Um, and Sorry, for wrong, wrong video. Totally ruining people's uh, estimations that they were going to get more stuff for free. Um, I think got you and I right here. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, we also have to thank our friends, the band Five Year Mission, for all the amazing music they let us use on the podcast and of course um not just our show but also you know rewind uses some music um discovering trek uses some music five-year mission actually uses their own music did you know that i did not know that um, i did know that i'm not surprised you didn't know that <laughs> plus don't forget they have their own podcast here what? on the trek geeks podcast network available pretty much wherever you get podcasts fortnightly on mondays for people wow. like dan that's every other monday thank you i was going to ask for that yeah, but, yeah. um yeah. So we want everyone to head on out to fiveyearmission.net. Please go get all their albums. Um, become huge fans of Five Year Missions because we ourselves are huge fans. And we promise, uh, we've heard from so many people, you're going to love them. And order the CDs too. Don't get the digital stuff. Order yeah. the real the real media. You know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I got to say... Uh, somebody posted in, in here, we're talking about Voyager a minute ago. Someone said, keep an eye out for each <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Anyway, um, I want to get back to five-year mission because that's very important. Um, and, and you know, it's time. Everybody, I know you've been waiting for an hour and 25 minutes for this, and I'm, I'm glad to bring it to you here now live. I actually talked about this episode tonight, Bill. People on Rubicon 3 called the Edo. They run around half-naked trying to kill band members for falling into some flowers. Uh, maybe they should be called the ego instead of the Edo because they barely have any clothes on. But in, in any event, I don't, I don't want to get – that's neither here nor there. We get the classic line in this episode of Justice. Uh, that should be a five-year mission song. So Fark, Patrick, and all the rest of the guys, this should be the song title. I'm with Fark Fleet. We don't lie. Thank you. All right, so – this was our first ever live show. Yes. And that's what you brought to the table? Uh, hey, it's it's one of the, the classic lines. And it's it's just a, I'm throwing it out there as a possible title to a song. So uh what I expect that you know for an event like this, because this is an event. I mean, it's the first time in, in the, the galaxy that we've ever been live. Um, you brought I'm with Fark Fleet. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you, Jackie. I'm not listening to uh, to Bill right now, so I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, you know, I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to give my best all the time. Um, I'd appreciate if you did it just once. <laughs> Aquiel, Farquiel, you you can't take that away from me. <laughs> I can take a lot away from you, including <laughs> your microphone if it comes down to it, because I can dump you from this call. Um, FiveYearMission.net. Go score yourself some albums. Um, of course, Dan, don't forget that you can support the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to exclusive bonus content via Patreon. You can check out our annual t-shirt design, our annual supporters pin for 2020, and even get raw, unedited audio of our podcast along with some other perks. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we Right now, though, we want to take a moment to thank our associate producers for Trek Geeks. We are so grateful for their support. And they include Adam Sanders, Brandon Everidge, Heather Stone, John Krikorian, Rick Tatro, Trey Womack, Sean Lynn, Tim Robertson, Tim Serdar, Vikram Bhatt, Greg Rozier, Andy Fark, Kimberly Francis, Ron Robel, Brooke Horton, Christina Werther, Jim McMahon, 
Luke Burnham, Eric Sakian, Lisa Tomlinson, Jamie McGregor, and the gracious and wonderful Conrad Hutchins. <laughs> I always laugh at that. I don't know why. I, I, I appreciate that. You don't laugh at my farkism. So no, it's because those suck. Dan, of course, we want to thank our Trek Geeks producers as well. They are Ken Tripp, Casey Shafsky, Charlie Mulvey, Chris Trebuzio, Craig Ewing, Eric Extreme, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Mike Bovia, Sean O'Halloran, Peter Craig, Ken Bird, Jamie Rogers, David Hood, Rachel Delaney, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. You too can become a producer on the Trek Geeks Network. Head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks today. Well, Dan, next week, you and I are going to have a lot of discussion about a show that just wrapped its first season. So, spoiler warning. Yes, spoiler warning, spoiler alert, spoilers, that wah, 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 wah noise that you played a little while ago. Get them all out because uh, Star Trek Picard recently wrapped up an amazingly successful first season. And next week, we're going to talk about it at length. There will be opinions, there will be spoilers, and maybe even a tier or two. So if you're not caught up, go watch it on CBS All Access right now. After all, you can watch it for free. Um, seriously, you can. So go check it out. Uh, it's our Star Trek Picard season one wrap up next week on Trek Geeks, the flagship of the podcast network for your fandom. Wow, that's going to be an awesome discussion. I am looking forward to it next week on Trek Geeks, which will not be live, but it will be Memorex. <laughs> made, a, made an old person joke. That's funny. <laughs> Dan, of course, for more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, presented by Fansets. Um, whether it's you know Discovering Trek or Five Year Mission or Polytrex or Rewind, or uh, even some of the other shows we have coming up, there's guaranteed to be something that you're going to enjoy. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek show, don't forget to visit our great friends at Trek News. Net. For now, this has been episode number 213 of the Trek Geeks Podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. I'm with Coconut. We don't lie. All right, so so wait a second. I'm three. That's, so you, you decided to go all week on that one, too? What? Uh, you, you couldn't bring your A game for, for that? Why do you going to be that way, man? I'm supposed to say something nice. I will, jerk. Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing one song for each episode of the original series. Download their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast, is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producer Bill Smith. For even more Star Trek discussion, check out Discovering Trek, a Star Trek Discovery Companion, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and discoveringtrek.com. Normally, I would say bing bong, but since we're live, I don't have to. And this is the first time we've ever done an outtake at the end of the show. Yeah, just take that out just because we're doing it early, late, rather. What are you talking about? Bing bong me, baby. <laughs> I, I actually kind of did in a way. Oh, all right. Bing bong. <laughs> Although we're not doing bing bong, so oh, so, right. so go screw. Um <laughs> And Jackie, just to clarify, right no, we are not doing a live stream next week. We are we are recorded and Memorex next week. Yeah. We're not live. Weren't you listening, Jackie? I mean, we we he literally said Memorex. Come on. It's hard for her to know when to pay attention when you App- talk because she tunes you out. Applications for a new uh, Camp Kittimer admin can be sent to. Uh, no, that's not happening. You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. 
Oh, goodness gracious. So how, how I would say, how you doing? But we know how you're doing. This is weird. <laughs> Short of the, um, the reboot I had to perform in the middle of the broadcast, it all went pretty flawlessly. Um, all things considered. Um, I, I, I want to thank everybody that, that chimed in and commented. Um, uh, it was, it was a great, great experience. Um, I would like to do another one of these again sometime soon. Yes. Uh, I, I don't think know how you feel. No, I think it would be a great thing to do. It was a lot of fun. Even with the little technical glitch, um, I thought it went very well. Um, you put together, and I will say this in all seriousness, even though this is the outtake, you put together unbelievable presentation because uh, I was able to see it as we were doing it because of this this um, this platform that we use. All the stuff you did was great. The graphics, the screenshots, the scrolling trivia questions or the scrolling banner and then the trivia questions. Well done, man. I'm not going to compliment you very often. So if it's in the outtake, that's probably the only place you're going to hear it because you're a big yeah, let's try not to swear because um, I almost I don't, did. I don't want to have to try to bleep anything because I don't have a time <laughs> index to work off of. Um, but nine thirty-two. Uh, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, the next time I'm able to come over to your house, I'm going to pick up that Enterprise and gronk it off your driveway. <laughs> it's not like it'd be the first time that's ever happened. No, and then you can pick up the bricks. Oh, I can't uh, talk about that anymore. Change the subject. Oh, really? oh, you know what I forgot to talk about during the show? Today no. was the birthday of the guy who played Cyrano Jones. I don't care. He's dead. Because, and he's <laughs> dead, so he's not dangerous. Bill really hates that. I really do hate it. Which is why I love it. I really do hate it. Yeah. Guess what? I hate Cyrano Jones. I know you do. I, I hate every line that he utters, I actually skip the trouble with tribbles now most of the time because I have to hear that jerk. <laughs> what do you say? I mean, how can you not like that? <laughs> I don't know. How can I not like you? <laughs> at, three, at three credits ahead, it, a body. <laughs> I, and that outfit. I, and then Odo wears the outfit. I, I love I love Tribbles themselves. I just can't stand Cyrano Jones. <laughs> and they got a big picture of him right at the store up at the uh, Triconderoga experience up there at the original set tour. And you pointed that out to me, and it was like, <laughs> I was in my own private hell. <laughs> yep. Um, there you go. Uh, your yeah. adoring public is speaking, Dan. Oh, are they? First off, back off. We like Jackie. Oh, I love Jack. I was Bumphrey saying that. Who gives... <laughs> no, <laughs> we are, are you kidding? If there's anybody who is irreplaceable on this network, Mumfrey, it's Jackie. Just throwing oh, that out. Mumfrey is technically not on the network. So. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it, lots right. of uh, lots of great jobs. Um, preparing uh, Christina brings up a great point. Uh, more live stream, perhaps a musical selection. The problem there is that mm-hmm. we get into copyright issues with both youtube and spotify yeah um we have permission to use five-year mission five-year missions music um so we don't necessarily run into a problem with that but uh, if we just decided to start singing i don't know um Britney Spears. A, whatever yeah um <laughs> dan has the musical uh, musical taste of a teenage girl in any era i don't anymore though That's i am not so true. in the 70s acdc is like my favorite group right now ever I would sing ACDC because I can really get that raspy voice going, but no, you should hear me in the shower. It's like, I, I would don't want to hear, I don't want to hear <laughs> anything about you in the shower um, ever. 
Everybody hear the song. I just want to start doing burpees. <laughs> Marina. <laughs> a Trek Geeks musical with a chorus of Borg. We are planning a musical number for our live on stage show in October, which was, of course, rescheduled. Um, Talk about uh, that while you were offline. Oh, okay. Um, right there. Yep. <laughs> so uh, we are planning that. It will take some uh, some work. Um, it's. Uh, I just saw a comment. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Casey Shafsky, <laughs> when does Craig show up? Uh, I don't know. He's still not here. Is he um, anyway, I, don't even, I haven't heard from him in a while. I know. Um, yeah, we can't. We can't sing. No, we can't. Sorry, and not Jax. only can we not sing, we can't sing. I mean, if you ever heard me, I sound like a cat coming off a hot tin roof or whatever. I don't even know that phrase either. Uh, Mike Flynn wants uh, you to stump yourself. Uh, he stumps himself all the time, which I is do. the problem. Yeah, my big toe. Oh, that's. I'm sorry. That's stubbing. Sorry. Um, I also want to say a, a big thank you since we're, since we're here watching comments. Um, thank you to fansets again and the Lou hashtag small business. Um, so people are people who are supporting fansets right now are supporting small business during this really tough time. And it really means a lot to us. And I know it means a lot uh, to Lou and John and, and Joe and, and Amity and everybody uh, over at, uh, at fansets. So thank you uh, for your support of them. They really are in my opinion, the best Star Trek licensee out there. And I'm so happy and proud that we have them as part of the Trekkies family. Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. And it's rare that you actually put together that cogent thought. In, I know. And I didn't have to form. read that. I'm Because you can barely read it at all. <laughs> what? Um, I, I've discovered that the key to your being able to read things is probably enhanced by your alcohol intake. So I'm so, doing pretty good. I've only had half of my. Oh no, I haven't. It's almost gone. <laughs> <laughs> I've only had half of my. Outtake. Speaking of that, here's a funny story. Since we're doing the outtake, I yeah, let's do this. it. I've been making lemon drops usually on Friday nights for Sue and I. Yeah. I perfected the recipe. It's awesome, Brooke. We got to talk. Um, but I made them the other night, and then we were Facetiming with Donna and Chris. And we're talking and talking, and I'm talking. I'll take a sip, and I put it down, and we're talking, and then I look, and Sue's is gone. <laughs> I'm like, how are you doing that, honey? And because she's rinsing off her glass in the sink. And so I look down and literally I have like this much out of my glass. So I look at my iPad and my sister's looking at me and I put the glass up and I drank the rest of it in one gulp. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that was silly. Um, I am not buying any Firefly bins. <laughs> um, I will donate them to somebody, but I, um, I'm not. <laughs> I can't even watch Firefly. I I can't stand it. I tried to. I tr- I've tried to multiple occasions. I don't make it past the second or third episode. Yeah. I think it's one of the worst series I've ever seen. Wow, that's that's rough. Yep. I don't like Joss Whedon's writing. Um, I, I think that there are, are some shows that that aren't bad. I think Angel. I like Angel better than Buffy. I like mm-hmm. the first season of Dollhouse because the second season was a mess. Um, but other than that, I find most of Whedon's writing to just be. Um, uh, intolerable, quite honestly. Um, I don't even. I, I'm okay with the first Avengers movie. I don't like the second one at all. Okay, but um, it's funny that you mentioned Buffy and, and his writing. Buffy was the first show that Sue and I watched as a series together, and I missed the first two episodes because she 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 got it and 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 watched was watching it. I was in the computer room one night and she was on like episode two. I was playing Warcraft or something. Cause I had no interest in it and I'm listening to what's going on. I'm like, what is going on? So I went in and I watched the rest of that episode. I think it was the third episode. And from that point we watched the rest of it together and, and absolutely loved it. Read the comment, Dan. 
Oh, sorry. Oh, God, dude. Yeah, there you go, baby. Look at that. And the, you know what? It's great on the outside. You get the colors. and But you know what? There's something on the inside, too. Oh, yeah, there is. Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah, look at that Patriots logo. There's not right any there. more martini because no. – uh, Oh, there's a little bit. Hold on. You added some uh, – <laughs> maybe someday you'll add some blood to your alcohol level. Um, <laughs> how, how do I really feel? Uh, Firefly sucks. That's uh, – Wow. Wow. See, Rick says the same thing. Wow. Wow. Um I, uh, how are you holding out during the during the whole uh, stay at home? It's not really a quarantine per se, but how are you doing? Oh, fine. Um, Sue's working from home too. We consider ourselves, both of us, are, consider ourselves very lucky, uh, as I'm sure you uh, and your wife do. That un- we're not one of the unfortunate people that have had to struggle with being laid off or or, or having to work right. in a place where you're in front of the public all the time and have that danger of, of catching this thing. Um, we're at home. We love spending every minute together. So even though we're working, we're together. The dogs are the happiest two dogs besides your dog, probably in the entire <laughs> quadrant. Um, and every once in a while, you know, I sit like this at my computer and Sue's off to my left with her back to me at the island. And I'll, I'm just doing something. And every once in a while, I'll be like, bah, nah, nah, and I'll swear and say something as I'm working on it. And she just snickers. <laughs> she's like, just like, wow. <laughs> so like, you do the same, thing. One of those you do the same yeah. thing before the show. I do. I'll be like, yeah, yeah, Bill is not dangerous. Shut the f up! <laughs> I hate you. I know you do. That's why I gotta never stop doing that. Uh, Marina, we feel for you on week five of quarantine oh, now. Uh, today was day twenty four for me, yeah. I think. And I twenty. I'm a little less because I actually went into work the Friday that we were told to work from home because I didn't look at my email that morning. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to yeah. work for part of the day and then worked from home since then. So we hope you all are out there um, staying safe and staying healthy. Um, and to do what you can to flatten the curve. Um, we genuinely appreciate all the love and support we've had from you guys. We've had a bunch of people asking us how we're doing and, uh, we promise we are doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hope the same for you and your families and, uh, and that we can all ride this out and, and be back together in, uh, in, in each other's company sooner rather than later. Um, but for as long as this goes on, you and I will find special things to do yeah. to, to stay in touch with people, Dan. And, uh, it seems like the live show is a big hit. So, um, We'll have to plan another one of these. Uh, I saw a comment earlier on. We should do a Stump the Geek live. I'm not up to that, no. Oh, you you can do that. I'm going to have to have many a Patriots drinks. Uh, <laughs> with video, um, it could be very interesting. It could be, yep. i just throw that out there. I'll probably poop my pants and just do terrible. But wow, anyway. so that took a turn. So... Um, <laughs> I do. I do want to say one thing. I just saw a comment that I thought was great. I got to find it again. Rick uh, Mason said that he's been spending the quarantine watching DS Nine right through, uh, and he's almost on season five. It is. It's still. I love Picard. Don't get me wrong. Deep Space Nine is still my favorite Star Trek series ever. I just the the writing is just second to none, and I'm just. I love watching it. Odo. Oh, Garrick. Garrick, you blew up your own shop, Garrick. I just love that. High functioning. Yeah. High functioning. I, I could, you know what? I should do Cyrano Jones. You blew up your own shop, Garrick. That's, yeah, that's not even funny. It's not even funny. It's no. Come out very, sorry. It's the outtake. Um, it's going to go away anyway. Yeah, I'm going to delete all that. Um, <laughs> normally, I would ask you if you're ready, but instead, we offer everybody watching our love. Thank you so much for, for being a part of this tonight. Yes. And uh, we will hopefully talk to you all soon. Live long and prosper, everybody. We love you. Take care, all.
coconut.